The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. 1973, the nightmare began. Late that night, German businessman Thomas Niedermeyer was kidnapped from his home in Belfast. He was never seen alive again by his friends or family. He became one of the disappeared and it seemed that no one knew what had happened to him. But his body was eventually found face down in a grave. A new documentary tells the shocking story of what unfolded then and then how it impacted his family for generations to come. David Blake Knox, producer and author of a book by the same name, joins me now to talk about the book and the new documentary, which is called Face Down, The Disappearance of Thomas Niedermeyer. David, good morning and welcome. Morning, Pat. Uh, the documentary is going out on RT1 tomorrow night at 9.35. I've watched it already and I have to say it's a deeply moving documentary because it does affect the generations. It does, yes, and, and thank you for that. Uh, it's, a, a, I think, a story of particular po- poignancy, even given the, the scores of terrible stories uh, from the North. I think this one stands out uh, for its, uh, its impact. Um, the, the simple story was this was a man who came to uh, run a factory uh, which Grundig opened in Belfast, a place right. that badly needed jobs. And Absolutely. these jobs were provided by Grundig and he was the boss. That's right. Uh, he was the general manager of the factory. It proved hugely successful, largely through his application, his imagination, his vision. Uh, when it opened in 1961, there were just 200 workers um, Ten years later, there were over 2,000, and most of them came from uh, disadvantaged areas. So he was advocating with the German bosses, this is the place to grow. Absolutely, absolutely, and it was. There's a terrible twist in this that uh, the person who was responsible for the orchestration of his kidnapping actually worked in the factory. Yes, his name was Brian Keenan. Uh, He knew he not only worked in the factory, he knew uh, Niedermann very well, uh, he was one of the shop stewards and was regarded as one of the most active and he had many confrontations with Niedermar and there was said to be no love lost between them. So was this an act of vengeance or was it a, supposed to be for a ransom or what was the purpose of all of this? I think there was a, it was a mixture of two. I think that its, its immediate purpose was to secure the transfer of the Price sisters who had just been uh, imprisoned in the UK for a bombing campaign in the centre of London. Um, but there was also a personal dimension. He knew where Niedermar lived. He knew that there was no security surrounding Niedermar and he knew he was a vulnerable person. Uh, and he also hoped that Niedermar was the honorary German consul. Um, and the emphasis there is on honorary. He was not a, a professional high-flying diplomat. There are only a couple of hundred uh, German uh, expats living in Northern Ireland at that time. And Niedermar's main responsibility actually was to bail out German merchant seamen who'd been arrested for drunkenness mm. or fighting or whatever. So he was a know. point of contact, really. That po- was- exactly, exactly. Now, he had a wife and two... Two daughters. He had, yeah. And uh, the, the night he disappeared, I mean, he was just abducted abruptly from uh, the house. Yeah, two men called at his house and uh, the, his daughter, uh, Renate, answered the door. She was just uh, 15 at the time. And they told her that there had been an accident to her father's car. He was in bed. She went up and fetched him. He came down. He was still wearing his slippers. Uh, he looked at his car. There was no damage. Then he was overpowered and was abducted. His wife and two daughters had hoped uh, that, that he would return uh, unharmed, but 
Um, your researchers revealed that he may have been dead fairly quickly after the he, he was He was killed within three days. Um, he had apparently tried to get to a window to shout for help in the house that he was being held in. Uh, he was overpowered and he was struck two times on the head with a heavy browning revolver, which resulted in severe fractures to his skull and he died soon afterwards. It was not deemed appropriate by the uh, Sinn Féin or the IRA that this should be made public, that he was dead, because it would be, what, embarrassing? Yeah, it wasn't only uh, that they didn't reveal it, they emphatically denied that they had anything to do with it. And in fact, in one act of breathtaking cynicism, uh, they issued a statement saying they'd instructed their volunteers to look for him. he, the, Brian Keenan was very disappointed that he'd been killed because he, that lost his value as a bargaining chip. But he ordered that, he, that nothing be said about uh, what had happened to him, that he was, should be buried in a, in a shallow grave and covered with rubbish. And that's what happened to him. He was buried under a rubbish tip. How was his body discovered? His body was discovered because the RUC had recruited a well-placed informant. This was a man who was given the codename Disciple, and he played a very critical role in the IRA's organisation in the early 1970s. His job was to move between the different units of the IRA in Belfast and uh, coordinate their activities. So basically he knew everything. Uh, that had happened in Belfast, who had done what, uh, where and when. And he was recruited by an RUC uh, CID detective uh, called Alan Simpson. And he he revealed where Niedermayer's body had been placed. And it was, as someone had suggested, buried face down. It was buried face down. And in the kind of chilling words of one of his killers, that was so that he could uh, dig himself deeper. The implications for his family, I mean, to get his body back after his disappearance was probably some sort of resolution for them, unlike many of the families of those disappeared by the IRA who have not had that uh, consolation. But the impact on the family, which is uh, much of the stuff of your documentary, because uh, the people that you interview in our own time are his granddaughters. His granddaughters, yeah. His, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, his his the impact of his death, uh, as all kidnappings, the 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 people who bear some of the highest uh, levels of stress are the families. Uh, it's a it's form of extortion that plays on the psychological needs of people to have their loved ones returned safe and well. Um, and his family spent seven years, almost seven years, not knowing what had happened to him. This was a, a, a state of chronic insecurity and doubt where they couldn't admit even to themselves that he might be dead because that would have seemed like a form of betrayal. Um, and his his wife was actually interviewed by a psychiatrist um, as part of a, a Northern Ireland office uh, uh, investigation. And she was asked by the psychiatrist seven years after, just before his body was recovered, if she still believed that he was alive. And she said, I have to believe that. That was a terrible imposition, a, a, a unbelievable cruelty that was in, inflicted on this family. That cruelty uh, stayed with her. She became a a shell of a woman, uh, as described by her own granddaughters when they they met her. Um, But she decided that she'd had enough of life eventually. And in in a, a, I suppose, an episode 
she actually, which is utterly moving, she comes to Ireland. Yes, she came to Bray. She went to a hotel, O'Shea's Hotel in Bray, where she and her husband had spent a, a happy and romantic uh, weekend shortly after they arrived in Ireland, full of uh, hope and expectations of what their life in this country would be like. And she she uh, she checked into the same hotel, and then uh, two days later she walked into the Irish Sea. This was not the end of the tragedies of the Niedermeyer family. No, it wasn't. Um, the daughter who had opened the door to her father's kidnappers and killers uh, was Renate, and in a sense she never recovered from that experience of feeling that she in some way had contributed to her father's abduction and death. Um, she developed, in the aftermath of his, of his abduction, she developed uh, bulimia and she died of bulimia. Of a major her, organ failure. And her sister. Her sister uh, also uh, killed herself. And so did her sister's husband in the reaction to her death. It is a, an extraordinary thing. Many people will not even know of the name of uh, Thomas Niedermeyer. You know, younger listeners particularly, it won't resonate with them. They may well remember the name Brian Keenan, though, because he was fated by the Republican movement. And uh, still is. And still is. So... This man responsible for Thomas Niedermeyer's kidnapping, although not having a hand in his death. Uh, obviously, the orchestration of the kidnapping led to his death. Um, he died in 2008 and was fated by all the Republicans we know. Yes, there was a, there was a major uh, funeral cortege uh, that, uh, that uh, accompanied him to his grave. Unlike Niedermeyer is buried in the dead of night under a rubbish dump, uh, he had full paramilitary honours when he died and and his funeral was attended by leading politicians on both sides of the border. In fact, they, some of them carried his, his coffin. You're talking about Mary Lou MacDonald yes. and Michelle O'Neill yes. as well as Gerry Adams yes. and, and the, the late Martin McGuinness. That's right, yeah. So he is still fated and Thomas Niedermeyer, it, who was wronged by them, is forgotten. Yeah, I mean, D Thomas Niedermeyer has, has been forgotten uh, not just in Ireland, but in, in Germany. And in fact, one of our co uh, producers, it was the German company Arte, or French-German company Arte, and they were amazed when we told them the story. They knew nothing about this. So he's been forgotten uh, uh, until now, I hope, uh, you know, uh, across Europe, essentially. Well, the book is, and the documentary are called Face Down, The Disappearance of Thomas Niedermeyer and uh, the author of both, uh, David Blecknox. Thank you, David, for joining us in Thank the studio. Sir. We'll take a break. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.